Welcome to the 8manacademy.com podcast, a podcast for 8-man coaches by 8-man coaches. Each episode, we hope to blend 8-man football content you can put into practice with a few entertaining stories by 8-man coaches. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of 8manacademy.com podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well, at 8-man academy. Today's guest is Coach Doug Bolin from Pine Creek Hunter, Oklahoma. Coach Bolin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Coach, we've talked to a few people already associated with your program because it's one that I know well and closely, but you have a different perspective. You've been there, what, probably close to 20 years? Yeah, this is my uh, 18th year. 18th year at PCH. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've been an assistant coach the entire time and in a small school that's rare that right. small schools can keep one assistant. Uh, or multiple assistants for that long without turning over. But you guys have been so good for so long, I really think you're a big key to that. I think having good coaches at all levels uh, and assistant coaches perpetuates that program and helps keep that tradition moving. What do you think about that? Oh, definitely. Uh, You know, I think a head coach that lets their assistant coaches coach and, you know, not just hold a clipboard and, you know – Coach Kerr here, he's always been that way. He just, you know, like last year, me and Coach Claflin, um, he just gave us the defense and said, here you go. And uh, we just did our own thing. And, uh, I mean, yes, we asked him for input, but he, he definitely just allows us to let's to go coach. And and there's a huge mutual respect there. And, uh, and it's just something that I've really enjoyed and never really wanted to do anything else. So – I know you've been a head coach. You were a head coach before you yep. came to PCH, so you've seen both sides of it. Right. Um, how has it changed for you in your 18 years there? I mean, at some point, right. I mean, you guys have almost been like co-coaches for a long time because there's several years when it's just been the two of you. Right. But how significant is the role of the assistant coach so that the head coach can be freed up to do other things? I mean, honestly, you probably do as much X's and O's as the head coach because he's busy, you right. know. There's – yeah, doing paperwork lot. or doing scheduling or chasing referees. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and uh, he's got so much to do on his end with phone calls and you know getting re- referees and uh, you know getting trading film and so we kind of I guess just over the years we just kind of got assumed our roles and it just worked for us. I I get what I need and and uh, he lets me do my thing and. And like you said earlier, I was a head coach for, oh, man, it's been right when I was out of college back in 1998, 99. And I, we, we, we struggled. I mean, um, it – I, I kind of enjoy the assistant coach more role better. I mean, I did, you know, not that because we weren't really, really good. I just I, – I didn't – I didn't like all the other stuff that was involved. Not that it was bad, but I just started – when I went back to being an assistant – I just felt like that was where my role was, and uh, I just never turned back. And uh, especially when you work for great head coaches, like I worked for your dad for a few years, um, learned tons from him and how to coach and how to handle uh, players and parents and things like that. And and, it's, and then when I moved to, over here to Pond Creek, is just, you know, with Coach Kerr, you know, same deal. Just working with great head coaches that let you coach is, is a great feeling, you know, and uh, – you know, we still have to drive the bus and 
sometimes and do this and that and do our part, but uh, it's just enjoyable. I mean, I really like, I like the assistant role a lot better myself personally. What positions do you coach? I coach, well, this year, you know, since we lost an assistant coach, you know, we had, um, we had uh, Coach Claflin last year. So this year, since it's just me and David out there, I'm coaching linebackers and defensive line together and then offensive line. So uh, we, you know, we try our best to go into individual groups and um, do what we can do since it's just two of us out there. But um, that's where I played in high school was lineman. I was a lineman in and so uh, with our defense, as well as you know, our, our front five is kind of all together, works together as a group more than anything. So I coach the linebackers and D-line and then the offensive line. And that's what I feel most comfortable coaching. I know you've coached a couple of positions on defense, but it seems like you've been the O-line maybe the whole time you've been there. Yes. What do you enjoy about offensive line? I love offensive line. I don't know. Um, I was an undersized offensive lineman when I played in high school. Uh, about 170 pound center and it was just uh i just like it because i mean you know they what how they do is usually how the team does and they don't get all the recognition and and all the praise as other positions but uh it's just guys down in the trenches and who wants to you know who wants to work the hardest and like this year we got uh you know basically except for our center a whole new front up there on offense and even after just a couple of weeks, they're coming together and they're gelling really well right now. They can still get better, obviously, but that's another thing is as the season goes, you can see, start really seeing that group working together and, and working off of each other. And I just really like that group because it, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of technique. Uh, it's, I, I mean, I still learn a lot, go to clinics, watch videos, uh, how other guys do it. And I always try to pick up something here or there and utilize it. And, and we're blessed with great kids that listen and want to be coached. So I just, uh, I just really like the position overall. Is coaching eight-man offensive line any harder than eleven-man offensive line? Is there any um, differences yeah, is, in actually, your drill or is. technique? I mean, yeah. I didn't coach eleven-man, but I played eleven-man. Um, there's a lot more responsibility. Um, you know, your pass blocking's a lot different. You know, your protections. Um, in 11-man, you, you're probably more designed to a certain area than you are in 8-man. In 8-man, you have a lot of different areas when you're pass blocking, picking up blitz, or pull it out and have to get it in. Or, you know, there's some of that in 11-man, too. But, you know, with not having tackles out there, it's just you really have to be more mobile, I feel like. Uh, I'm not saying that 11-man aren't mobile because I, I know a lot of great offensive linemen that played 11-man. But I'm just – it seems like you got to move around a lot more. Um, we do a lot of pulling, trapping. Um, things like that and when you only got three of them up there you really got to be able to be light on your feet so it is a little bit different now the technique and fundamentals to me is probably the same um, staying low getting a push you know things like that we still work on the sled just like 11 man offensive line do but it's probably uh, a lot more to me as far as moving around an eight man you know trying to protect than it is 11 man I'd say so if you have a bigger kid does he just generally go to center because your guard you know, has to be so active? That's been the, that's been the perception, um, and it's a lot, but it depends. But, like, for us, maybe because we, we do so much with our line, our guards pulling on, you know, we'll pull out on a corner, you know, not just inside trap. And they got to be able to run. And uh, so if we have a slower-footed kid that's still pretty good blocker, we'll probably look at him more at center. 
and our 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 more uh, agile offensive linemen that can get out on the edge usually we'll play at guard. So, so you say more foot speed than sides. A smaller right. kid can play exactly. center if he's the slower guy, but if the big kid can run, he can play both. Yeah, if he can run, you know, we had one like that last year. Uh, Coach Claflin's son was big and was was a really good on his feet. So that's a great combination to have. But if you don't have that combination, you kind of have to put where you know where they where they can excel at. You know, I don't want to put a guy that's at guard and we're trying to pull him out on the edge and he just can't get out there fast enough. You know, because and even though he's trying his hardest, you know, that might not be the ideal position for him. So but. I feel like in eight man. Individual defense is easy. You got defensive line, linebacker, and secondary. So you got three coaches. Those are three pretty defined groups. Right. On offense, if you have two coaches or three coaches, to me, sometimes I wonder where to put the tight ends. Do they go with sure. these guys and catch passes? Do they go with these guys and block? Yeah. Do you incorporate tight ends a lot with your yes. offensive line drills? That's a good question. That's a good point because what we have to do, because we are tight ends block so much um, from a tight end position that there'll be days when coach Kerr will send them uh, the tight ends with me. And then when, you know, we'll kind of switch it up every other day, maybe one day they come with me cause we're going to be working on, on run blocking or working on inside stuff. Uh, then, you know, if the next day, if I, if I tell him we're going to work on pass protection, uh, they'll go with him so they can work on routes and things like that. So we kind of have to, they have to kind of go to both, both areas and we have to kind of split them to be, to try to still be successful because uh, when we, you, you know, when we go back to run an old school power swab, you know, your tight end's got a block. So, and uh, so we use them both. We switch them, we move them back and forth. They'll come with me one day, Coach Kerr the next. And and so we work, I put them on the sled and we work on down blocks and our hand technique and foot placement, just like I do with my offensive line. So. I know they generally run routes, but do you ask your tight ends they have a pass block? Do you work on pass that with your tight ends? Yeah, there's sometimes when we when you know when our tight ends stay in and, and for extra, you know, like we're max protect, and so we work on them moving their feet and getting their hands up and getting a punch on, uh, you know, the defensive end or whoever they're supposed to be blocking. Um, so yeah, there are times when we're just sending. Maybe we want to just send two guys out because we need and keep five guys in to protect, and so they do have to work on that as well on pass protection so we just have to we just have to split their time a lot you know do you guys run very many screen passes to either to your tight ends or to your running backs or have you in the past uh, we haven't um we have a uh, quite a bit like our we run wide receiver screens a lot um uh we don't run a lot of tight end screens um we do have a run. We do have running back screens, but we haven't put those installed those yet. But I'm sure we will. Um, but we do run a lot of you know when we split out receivers and twins and run those quick screens out there. We do run a lot of those. So I haven't ran the running back screen in a while, and now I'm calling offense again, and I don't have the patience. We haven't put ours in yet either. It seems like I have difficulty timing that up and getting those guys three guys to pull out there together and get synced up and go make a yeah, block that's hard you know i was going to ask you to talk about screen well, game with a little bit with their linemen what we do on a screen game and it takes a lot of work and a lot of practices you know we're showing what we try to do is show pass for you know about a two count and we have to work on that because with the quarterback it'd be different how fast you know he's how far he's dropping back 
Um, but it's just a feel deal. You know, we, we, we'll pass block for 1,000, 1,000, and then we try to get out on the edge. And, you know, our first guard that's getting out there is usually going outside. Um, and our second guy that's coming around or is looking, turning and looking inside. Um, but it takes a lot. We, we practice that in individual. Um, getting out, getting on, on the edge and, you know, showing pass and not just running out there because that gives it away. Um, but uh, it also, when you have to work on it in a team because it's a timing issue with your quarterback and your receivers too. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to get out there too early, but you can't, you know, or too late. So it's it's just something that we have to work on a lot in individual and team. Do you have a drill? You know, we tackle in space and right. if you run those screens, do you – do you work on blocking in space? You know, do you work on that closeout and talk to them about how to get there and what to do when they get there? Yeah, we try to go. It's – I don't know if it's a certain drills, just some things that we've made up over the years is, you know, some guy might be holding a bag out there uh, like a corner and we're trying to run at him um, and not get turned too easily because sometimes those corners like to come inside or turn their back to you. And try to use your hands more but not grab. Um you know, never stop running. If they want to run away from you, then they're not going to make the tackle, obviously. But uh, just trying to get out there and go and like, if you're the first guard, get inside out and try to run them out to the sideline if possible. Keeping your hands in because you know, you know, obviously when you're out there in the space, if if you grab a jersey, you're going to get called for it more than likely than you would be inside because you're out there in the middle of everybody. But it's just getting out and running. Uh, you know, and then we work on our timing, and then we got maybe a couple kids out there holding bags where we're trying to get to them. So, how similar? It seems like they always get paired, but maybe they're completely different. I don't know. You coach the D line as well. Is that a good combination for a coach, D line, O line, or would you like to see those positions be broken up so you're not coaching the same kids all the time? Right. Uh, what do you think about that, coaching both sides of the ball, you know, O-line, D-line? It sounds very similar, but it's really not. I mean, uh, you know, you have on defensive line, you know, your stance completely different. You know, we try to get a lot more weight out on our hands, even maybe sometimes in a four-point stance so we can get, you know, that one-yard punch, and you know, a yard deep or whatever. But, you know, on offensive line, it's more about getting your, your footwork to me, getting – um, your hips in the right position and even if you're going against someone that's really really uh, physical or just as good or better than you you're trying to just get an inch or two you know you're not going to drive them you know in defense we're trying to create chaos we're you know we're trying to um, you know and you know as well as anyone as our defense we're trying to you know your defensive line are having to play flat down the line and you can't run up the field and uh, things like that but the stance is completely different. The technique's a lot different. And we do have a lot of the same guys playing both, but there's a few positions that, that don't. Like we have some linebackers playing offensive line just because they can move at a, as a guard, and then they can also move a little bit playing linebacker. So it is a lot different different than what people think. Do you prefer one over the other? Um, no, I mean, I really like both. I mean um, – I know, like, when I played in Love Man, um, I was also a defensive lineman. And uh, it was a little bit different than eight-man because, you know, we're just trying to create chaos, get to the backfield. You know, and, like, on our defense, our defensive linemen are just like, you know, 
there's so many fewer players, you got to have them with their gaps straight down the line. You know, they have their own area. They're not just creating back, you know, if they do see pass, then they can go get the quarterback. But, you know, it's just, I like, I think I, I like both. I mean, I really do. It is a different skill set for both of them though. It definitely is. I know you've been defense coordinator for a long time, so I don't know if you preferred more that way. Uh, I know you take a lot of pride in being the offensive line coach because you've done that so well for years, but I don't know if you leaned one way or the other. Your yeah, kids aren't I mean, listening. It doesn't matter. You, you can tell like me. <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit about um, special teams. I know you've been involved with special mm -hmm. teams. Do you have a favorite unit? Yeah, you know, um, I, I I enjoy kickoff return, um, kickoff, things like that. But, you know, in our, in our league, there's very few teams nowadays, seems like they kick it. Like uh, kick the ball down the field, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I know we we don't very well, so we just we don't. But you know, I like kickoff return. If you have a teams that are that are going to be willing to kick it to you, you know, I like setting up returns and strategizing things like that. I know there's a lot of different people that you know. We right now all we have in is one return where we just try to wedge it up the middle. But if we play a team that we feel like is going to kick it deeper, you know, we like I like to run a wall, you know, just like a lot of teams do and. Uh, far as like punt return, you know, right now, again, we're just, you know, I've done a lot of different crazy things where we um, try to set up a wall or, but our best, what we've been doing lately is just hold everyone up as much as we can and just our run, our kick returner just gets what he can get. I know it sounds kind of simple, but uh, it seems like that's worked best for us. Um, but I'd say kick return is probably my favorite trying to work on different strategies so you can get a, as best return as you can and uh, for your offense to start. And if you get lucky and break one, that's just – that's even better. So It seems like big plays on special teams are worth twice the momentum as a big right. offensive player, defensive play. Right. I mean, if you score on a kick return, that is just a gut oh, shot yeah. to the other team. Yeah. yeah, that's a momentum swing. And, you know, like the other night we, uh, we got an onside um, – kind of just squibbed it down the middle and they that the other team kind of we kind of caught them caught the ball got caught in the middle of a couple of guys and we were lucky enough to get out and then get on it and that's just an extra possession you know and same way on our kickoff return you know we have a lot of young guys back there so we're really teaching them to go get the ball and not wait for the other guy to go get it and things like that so sure we we uh you know you probably think this is funny but we're onside now. We're one of those teams. We're onside about every time Coach Kerr said he wanted to do that. So we're working on that a lot just because we can't kick it deep. And every time we kick it deep, it seems like we give up, you know, sometimes we give up big, big returns. So if they get it, they might get it at the, you know, midfield, hopefully a little deep, deeper. But a lot of times when we kick it deep, they're running it back close to midfield anyway. So we're taking our chances with onside right now. Well, if you kick off five times a night and you get one of them, it's worth it. If oh, you yeah. kick it deep five times, you're not going to get any of them. You know, and we played teams like that before, and I hated it. I'm like, man, they're onside every time. But then I'm kind of starting to lean. I'm starting to lean that way a little bit now. So sure, we're, we're kind of using that too this year. So well, everything, everything you have talked about to this point talks about preparation and repetition, preparation and repetition. So talk to us a little bit about. Uh, you personally and then the staff and then how you involve the kids but about kind of what your weekend is and uh, how much film you guys watch and how you watch it right 
Well, you know, uh, like last year, it was me and Coach Claflin and Coach Kerr, and I would try to do as much. Um, if we got the film early enough, um, I would sit down on Saturday evening and, uh, uh, you know, tag it on huddle as much as – get that as much as that done as I could, you know, down in distance, play uh, with our terminology. Uh, and then when we come in, on we usually meet up here about, uh, you know, about this time on Sundays. And uh, Coach Kerr's in his room and me and Coach Claflin are – and now this year will just be me in here. Uh, I'm just working on all the huddles information first. You know how that goes, just getting it all down, practice scripts. Then when we finally get that done, that takes a couple hours. We're watching a lot, and then we're watching the film more intently and seeing what we can exploit. You know, um, is there a lineman that's maybe weaker, you know, than the other one? Or, is, you know, are they showing their hand on when they're running jet sweep, you know, or can we run a blitz when we see this? Or uh, and that takes a lot more work, you know, and if we find something really crazy that we think we, will work, you know, we'll run it by Coach Kerr, and he usually he's like, yeah, that's fine. He didn't, you know, he's usually whatever you guys want to do. So that's um, – but this year it's it's been a little bit different. We have only had one game so far, so I just prepared last week. But um, it was a lot of film watching on my own, and then we'll watch some film together, me and Coach Kerr. And then on Monday uh, we'll bring the kids in and – after school and we'll watch film with them for about 45 minutes and and I'll hand them out a scouting report um, and that scouting report I worked on on Sunday and it's just a one or two page piece of paper I used to do scouting reports in, in my early years that were five or six seven pages long and every little tiny thing and it seems like it was more I don't think how much the kids were actually using it so I try to just get to the key points you know I learned that a lot from you guys. Uh, you know, we'll go over keys to what we need to do this week. You know, pers their personnel. You know, the quarterback likes to run the ball. He doesn't pitch it on option very often, or he's a better thrower than runner. Or, and then, like, the percentages, like, you know, Sharon Mutual was about 85% run, you know. And, but that was only from one scrimmage, so that's a little misleading on your game one, you know. But And then we'll hand out the – scouting reports to the kids and we'll go through it with them and we'll watch film before we do that though I'm kind of getting ahead of myself we'll watch our game film from the previous week and critique our kids on that and then uh, then we'll get into the other opponent but yeah it's a lot it's I mean you know that too I mean I'm sure the offense um, offensive coordinators watch a lot of film too but it seems like on defense you gotta you watch a ton um, just to feel prepared you know and you still don't quite feel prepared but you know, with our personnel this year, uh, and we're so limited on numbers, you know, we ran about – we worked on about three or four different defenses um, and tried to get really good at them. And against Sharon Mitchell, we had a couple of uh, – I call them automatics, where if we seen this, we, we blitzed and seemed to work pretty well for us. So, Good. I know on – amount of film you watch with the kids I've heard you and coach Kerr tell stories about some of your better teams those guys were begging you for film you know they were coming oh, yeah. in at lunch or they were coming right. in before school and talk about some of that have you had groups that you I think one of you guys said they used to bring their trays from the cafeteria to your classroom yeah. and watch film yeah we used to have back in our 2002 2003 teams that were really really good um and that was back when we still had it on dvd you know and uh 
you know, I think we were past VHS by then. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, we'd have kids and and our principal was really nice about it. They would get their lunch tray and they would come into coach Kerr's classroom or my classroom and we'd put on film and, and they would eat lunch while they were watching film or they'd get together at a guy, uh, they'd get together at someone's house just on a weekday and, and watch film and, but they knew how to watch film. It wasn't just, hey, you know, look at that guy. Or, you know, they were really focusing on their, you know, the, who they were going against and their tendencies. And it seemed to really, it seemed to really help. And when you got teams that are like that, it's, it makes defense a lot easier to play and you can play a lot faster that way. So just because they know it's coming because exactly. they're so well prepared. Yeah. And they're confident, you know, and, you know, I've had teams where, and even, linebackers or D-line, they'll say, you know, hey, this is option, option, option. And, you know, you can see it in the quarterback's eyes, like, you know, not being sarcastic. They're like, oh, crap. You know, they're calling right. out, we're getting ready to run. You know, that's just from a lot of film study. Can you watch too much film? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, I think um, especially kids, if they're watching it just to watch, you know, uh, just to watch it not really watching their position, we try to break it down into little segments. Um like on Monday, I'll have them say, hey, watch these, you know, these five, six clips, you know, and get these down really good, you know, and, you know, maybe all their double tight or whatever, you know, and then on Tuesday, we'll watch another group groupings, you know, and so that way they're not all, it's, I don't want them to start getting everything bundled, you know, mixed up, especially when we're playing someone like Covington or someone that might run, you know, 60 different sets and 12 formations, you know, or whatever, so try to break it up a little bit into groupings that way right right i know me sometimes as a coach i tend to quit watching opponent film as the week goes on because uh, it's almost too late to do anything about it on a sure. wednesday or thursday but also i feel like i start seeing things you know i start chasing yeah. ghosts <laughs> yeah well what if they do do this or what you if know, they like, don't do this or we were talking about that last sunday because we only had you know share mutual we played them and they only had we only had one scrimmage film on them and it was just one against one team so we just had a handful of plays um, that they shown, and we knew they were going to do other stuff. So we tried to watch our film from last year, but I know their personnel was a lot different. But uh, you know, and I, I would we'd work on things that we know for sure that we would see, and then you know I don't like to chase ghosts, but if there's something that um, you know that they ran last year that gave us fits, um, we would we threw a couple of those in there too, you know. And but like you said, if you watch too much film, then you start overthinking yourself. I know I've done that before and I don't I want the kids to be confident in the game plan I don't want to come in on a Wednesday or Thursday and have to say well I don't know you know maybe we you know I don't want them because I want them to be sold on it you know and if it's wrong then it's that's on me but I'm like you I don't want to I think you can overwatch it too well you've seen it for a long time coach and you guys what I don't know how many times you've been in the final since you've been there six seven yeah Uh, we've we've have uh you know We've probably got five or six silver balls. Um, I know five at least since I've been here. And three golds. Three golds, yeah. So just tell me, because you're not from there. You right. became a Panther, but at one right. time you were an outsider. So you've seen yeah. other schools operate. Sure. What are some of the key components if I'm a new school or a new program? How can I get there? I, I don't know. I mean, is it weight room? Is it summer camp? Is it multiple assistants? Is it air-conditioned bus? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, well. What, what are some of the things that stack up 
that make you guys better than most of your competition? You know, I think it's a combination of a lot of those things you just mentioned. Um, you know, we we don't always have the greatest weight room turnout. I wish we we, we had better turnout. I mean, I know a lot of kids, you know, with, with works and harvest and things like that, we got to work around. But it's just a uh, – it's just a, a, a tradition that I try to preach, like, hey, this is what our standard is, you know. You know, even when supposedly we're supposed to be down, and, you know, like this past year we graduated, you know, 10 seniors and a lot of really good ones. And, you know, me and Coach Kerr preached to them that, hey, our our standards are going to be the same no matter what, you know, and we're going to make mistakes, but we're going to go 100 miles an hour doing it. Um Administration as key. I mean, being supportive. We've had a, you know, we've had a great administration here supporting us, our facilities. We've got great community. I mean, you well, you know, our our facilities are top notch here now. I mean, we've got great facilities, and so I, uh, I really, I think it's a combination of all those things. Um, I, I, I wanted to say like things like uh, uh, previous. Uh, players that's played here, they're they're bringing their their kids back here. That you know they've we have a lot of people that played on our O2 state championship team that want to come back here for their kids to play here, and I think that means that says a lot. Um, and I just think it's the overall like, hey, we're Pond Creek. I mean, not to be cocky, but we have a tradition of uphold. You know, even when we supposedly we're supposed to have not as good a team, we're gonna. We're going to give it our best shot no matter what. And I think that can carry a little bit. You know, maybe you might not be as, as talented, but if they expect to win, now they still got to go put in the work ethic. I mean, the work, but when they expect to win and it's, 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 that's what we, we plan on doing, it's, I think that helps a lot. Things have changed in your 25 year career. I don't know if you were doing camps when you first started coaching, but now we have camps. Are they helpful? Do you like team camp? You know, we went to we go to we went to a couple, at least one. You know, we didn't get to go to one this past summer because of everything that's been happening with with everything with COVID and everything. Um, I think they're helpful. Um, we don't go to a ton of them. Um, you know, I think you have to have a little bit of a break too um, from it, so you're hungry when you come back. But it's nice to go to a camp. You know, maybe if you're able to like right before you know the season gets started and you get a little bit of a head start on your your team and and see what you have and get them gelling together and also you get different coaches at camps um, showing you different techniques I learned something at every time I go to a camp it seems like I'll learn something new just like at a coach's clinic I think hey I think we can you know we can do that or we can utilize that and uh, so I do think they're helpful for coaches and players I think all the things you mentioned are key components to a successful program. I don't know if it makes you any better or not. He might say it would, but I'll tell you a, a great luxury of your program is you've got a bus driver. That's true. <laughs> Coaches don't have to drive the bus. They can relax. They can think. Yeah. On the way home, they can decompress. That, I, uh, you know, that's and that guy one. will tell you he's pretty important to the program. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's been doing it forever, and he's he's the one that – we talk to he gives us advice and he's seen it every, he's seen it all and so you're right it's nice not to have to to drive the bus while you're trying to work on game planning and thinking what you can do and this and that and yeah that's huge i mean it really is because i've been at 
uh, when I, you know, when I was at Buffalo, I was I was driving the bus and trying to figure out what we're going to do on Friday night. So it's a big difference. I mean, to have someone that can do that for you, and he's been doing it long before I came here. <laughs> so. Oh, uh, he's he's probably pushing forty years, and oh, yeah. Mr. Sherman he's is who we're talking about. Not yes. many people, maybe in our audience, will know that, but he's owned and operated a trucking company for several years, has a CDL, and um, if you don't have that person in your community, or, or if it's not happening at your school, I would suggest coaches go look for a certified bus driver that could help. Right. You know, it's, it's just uh, it's five huge. or six times a year, but it means so much. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Do you miss mowing the grass? <laughs> no, I don't miss mowing the grass. You uh, miss painting the field? Coach Kerr, Coach Kerr did a lot of that mowing. I did the painting. But uh, I, uh, you know, I kind of took pride. I did take pride in the in the painting. It's a lot of work, but I don't miss it. I mean, uh, you know, we – that was kind of – Coach Kerr and I both did it, but I did a lot of, uh, you know, Thursday night. You know, we'll – night before games, usually when we try to paint, so it looked fresh for Friday, but – no, I don't. I don't miss it at all. It's kind of funny. The other day we were practicing. We had some kids whining a little bit about how hot the turf was, and I was like, "You guys are so spoiled." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you got here mosquitoes, quarter-sized mosquitoes biting you, and you guys are whining a little bit about how hot the turf is. You know, so yeah, we're we're really fortunate here. But I don't miss painting. I don't. I mean, I. I didn't mind it at the time, though. It was it was a whole lot of hard work, but it was also relaxing, and uh, I don't know how to explain it. You know, you're just out there with the lights on, painting the field. So it was pretty nice. It was fun too, though. Has turf changed your practice any? Is it helpful? Uh, do you operate differently because you have it during the week? You know, not really. Um, I know this is kind of a small thing, but. Um, and I know I knew this was going to happen, but you, you know, like we were working on onside kick this week a lot, and you know, obviously on that turf you're going to get a better bounce, you know. And then out mm -hmm. there at Share Mutual, I was teasing their coaches is about six inches tall the grass out there, so <laughs> it seemed like anyway. So it just kind of died, you know, just hit the grass and die. So it was right. a little bit, little bit different things like that. But it, it, you know, we try to still try to move around so we don't wear out one spot you know we don't stay in one spot like when we're doing rope drills or cone you know things like that we still try to move around and uh, but it's great because the lines are always there you don't have to worry about rubbing you know having to repaint because you worked one spot out too much you know but yeah we're really fortunate to have have what we have here so yeah i've got a junior high game this week but no high school game but i still have to go paint the field because we've got to get it ready for the junior high game yeah, uh, we didn't have a home game last week, so it's not very good scheduling. So I've got to go paint just for junior high, and that's kind of oh, irritating yeah. to me. Yeah, but, I don't. Uh, I don't. That's the way it is. No, <laughs> I don't. We go. We now you go home and relax with your family, and not having to spend three or four hours painting the field on Thursday night. So, right, because <laughs> that generally is the one time you have a shorter practice. Exactly. You know, Thursdays we we don't go as long because it's just more of a you know the haze in the barn you know, so to speak, and you're just working on putting things together and going through your special teams, and or that's what we do anyway. And so, you know, normally we'd get out of, before we had turf, we'd get it done about five maybe, or maybe a little bit sooner, and then it was paint the field time, you know, till however long it took. So we don't have to do that now, and it's really, it's really nice. 
Well, Coach, thanks so much for giving us some time this weekend to talk about uh, football with Eight Man Academy, and we appreciate what you do. And we wanted to give a shout out to all the assistant coaches out there. We interview a lot of head coaches, but assistant coaches make the program go, and we all know that. So we appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Okay, Coach. We'll see you. Good luck this okay. week. All right. Thank you. You too.